So what we're looking at when we're changing in terms of changing culture are things that disrupt our current habits and our current patterns and current things that we celebrate. So the pandemic creates a disruption they, and they haven't been able to fill something in there yet. The summer schedule creates a disruption. People are used to trying new things and live a little differently than they would when they have the rhythms of going to school and, and all of that. And so uh, those, are, those are things where we can come in and have some flexibility to introduce new things into their lives and to have them live out a slightly different patterns. Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash faithworks. Or just click on the link in the description below. To those of you who support this podcast, thank you. Your support helps us put tools in the hands of men and women like you who want to experience a disciple-making movement in their neighborhood. So Rebecca and I are super excited to talk to you today about um, how we can make simple shifts to change culture this summer. And I'm assuming we're meeting culture within ourselves, within our families, within our churches, culture in general. Rebecca, help us out. Uh, absolutely. All the, all the above when it comes to those things. You know, when we, this is all in regard to, first off, in general, this is for ev- anybody could be able to, to learn from these particular simple shifts that can do this. But really, we are going to use these specific shifts within our DMC Summer Missions Initiative. And if you haven't seen the ad video that we have that we've put out, you really need to go to our website, go on our Facebook page, take a look at it, uh, sign up to our email so you can get all the info into it. But basically, we're wanting to take the opportunity of uh, the summertime, the changing of, of different rhythms, the changing of... Uh, you know, our culture and stuff like that to be able to change what we do in order to shift the culture of both what we do in our lives, what, as you said, with the people around us and Christians and then and abroad in the church and so on. It's good, it's good for us to remember what culture is. You know, we most of the time when we talk about culture, we talk about the culture and we usually you know, talk about it in terms of being the big, bad, you know, secular culture out there that's evil and can never be changed, supposedly. And but really all culture is, is it reflects the true beliefs of the majority of the people. So it, or the people of the group. So and it comes out, the culture comes out and what they believe in, what they do and what they celebrate as a people. And so, you know, you and you can see this on a big macro level. You can see this in like a gamers group, you know, that has like a gaming culture. What do they do? They love playing video games and like they love celebrating and talking about playing video games. And so, you know, that is a gaming culture. Well, there's a whole culture here in the Pacific Northwest that is all about, you know, taking care of the environment. And so as part of that, they do the things that that help them that demonstrate to others that they're doing that. So, for example, 
They're the ones that will ride the, their bike to work. Or and when they do have to go on long trips, they'll ride their Prius. Or they go down to Trader Joe's or they go to uh, Am- the uh, Whole Foods and buy organic all the time. I mean, because these are the th- outward signs of beliefs that they want to be healthy and care for the environment and those kind of things. So it's the signs of a people that have bought into a narrative that uh, celebrates, you know, those things and, and creates that culture. And, and of course, they celebrate it by, you know, you can see the different stickers, you can see the different mm-hmm. t-shirts, you can see the different discussions on Facebook and things like that surrounding. So they celebrate it, too. So the idea is that how, what do we do, first off, as as an individual, but also as a, within our own special Christian, you know, culture that we have, both personally and also the broad way, you know, the broader scheme here, like for instance, that, you know, we would talk about in North America and how can we change simple things to be able to change the culture? You know, so like I said, right now we're going to be using schedule rhythms and vacuums to make change in simple ways. So in other vacuums words, we're coming like my Dyson, right? No, not exactly. So basically coming into the summer, there's all first off already a natural change because we're going in from the academic year and all those rhythms. And now we're going into a completely different rhythm, which is the summertime, which is a, which is a signal uh, that, which is a natural thing where we can try new things, right? Because now we're getting into a different schedule, but then also there is a special vacuum right now. You know, we haven't, um, you, you know, we're, we're coming back from the pan, the lockdowns of the pandemic. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. gone, but it is better than it, than what it was, but not everything's back. So a lot of camps, a lot of, uh, you know, foreign mission trips and everything, they're not happening right now. So there's kind of a vacuum of activity that usually keeps people busy. And so we can now introduce an alternative and saying, mm-hmm. instead of just focusing on foreign missions, Let's now really turn our attention to local missions to be able to seek out the people around us. So what we're looking at when we're changing in terms of changing culture are things that disrupt our current habits and our current patterns and current things that we celebrate. So the pandemic creates a disruption and they haven't been able to fill something in there yet. The summer schedule creates a disruption. People are used to trying new things and live a little differently than they would when they have the rhythms of going to school and and all of that. And so uh, those those are things where we can come in and have some flexibility to introduce new things into their lives and to have them live out a slightly different patterns. Right. And so we'll talk about the the DMC summer missions and what it is. But first, I want to say where the whole point of this part of the podcast is going to be highlighting the three simple habits that we're going to shift that's going to bring a lot of culture change within our Christian Mm. culture. I want first everybody to think about, you know, how many of you had that one habit that when you started it or where you shifted it's something that you did, it made a huge difference in your life. This could be that you started a new diet. It could be maybe even a part of a diet that you just gave up sodas. It could be, uh, or sugar or whatever it was. It could be that you started going to getting to bed on time, you know, at night. It could be that you stopped playing so much, you know, online stuff or I don't know, you know, or maybe it was... I mean, I could talk to you about from my perspective is when I found out that I was lactose intolerant and stopped milk products. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a 
huge change, habit change, that resulted in me losing 35 pounds as well. So not only did I start feeling better after I ate my meals and looked into healthier ways of eating without throwing a bunch of cheese into a dish, you know, (laughs) which, so then my cooking got better because I wasn't relying on just loading a bunch of cheese on it. I ended up eating healthier, ended up losing the weight and becoming healthier all around. So that's the example of a a small shift. I mean, it was life-changing. I made the shift, but man, it affected a whole lot of other areas in my life. And you know, that's just some physical things. I mean, it could be anything else by how you communicated with family, maybe uh, a special uh, time that you set aside to develop a certain uh, some of your relationships. It could be a special spiritual dis- discipline that you started doing that really just changed so much for you. And so, but the idea is that it's that maybe some people have heard it, the atomic habit, you know, it's mm. the, it's the thing that really changes so many things. And so we're going to be talking about three of them when it comes to summer. So, you know, some, so just to, to explain what is the DMC summer missions? Like, it, cause it's meant, it's meant to shift culture. That is what it's meant to do. Uh, if, if people follow it. So what it is, is that you are uh, essentially gathering a team of committed people. Like you were going to go on a foreign mission trip to basically band together and focus on engaging, in other words, spending significant quality time with lost people over the summertime, utilizing the things you already are would, would probably do, or maybe stuff you've always wanted to do. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. it's just you, it's not that you have, it's not that you always do, but you always wanted to do it. And utilizing those things and, and have some natural conversations and we'll Try to see who's spiritually open to have discovery Bible studies with them. And so, but it's it's all about trying to actually get out there and engage people and spend time with them and develop those relationships. And the thing is, is that we have a start and stop. So we're going to be starting, we call it Commission Sunday on June 20th and go until August 15th. And so for about eight weeks, we're going to really focus with our committed few to be able to do this. And so, uh, you know, that's what this is all about. So what is going to make this so effective? And what could be the results of these particular things? You know, number one, we're going to shift to do life with lost people. Mm-hmm. And, and so what this is going to do is it's going to connect us with the broader community. You know, one thing that we have a, what we have gotten into as Christians is that we do everything, all of our recreating, all of our, sometimes all of our educating, everything. We've pulled back into these Christian bubbles mm-hmm. and not necessarily for bad reasons, but it just, it cuts us off from natural relationships with those who don't know Jesus. Well, we like to spend our time with people that uh, share a similar culture, share similar values, and we don't have to worry about what things they might say or what movies they might, you know, our kids might see if they're over at their houses. I mean, so it's very natural to gravitate towards people who share your values and everything. But the gospel doesn't call us to, to do that alone. It calls us to come together and go out together to a lost and dying world. So what we're the the simple habit shift is we're going to do the things that we already love to do in the summertime, or as I said, maybe some things we've been meaning to do for a while, but now we're going to do them out there with the broader community. So for instance, uh, you know, if 
instead of forming a special Christian softball team to go out and play softball with the other teams in the community, we'll join the the local community, a local community softball team that will undoubtedly have some unbelievers on it and focus on developing relationships with them. I know in the I know that in the South that often during the summer I love to go out with my family to get some shaved ice and to sit in the in that cold place and to eat it and everything. And so instead of inviting another Christian family to join me and for our kids to hang out and all have shaved ice together, I can sit there and think, well, hey, is there a lost family that I know from work or maybe one of my neighbors? I can say, hey, y'all want to go down and get shaved ice with us and meet them down there, have our ice or our shaved ice, and then come back. I mean, so it's just shifting from saying I'm always going to invite that one family that's from church that I always love being around to saying, well, now I'm going to invite someone who doesn't know Jesus to go with me and to do these things. Right. So, and, and instead of just forming a, a book club with only your, your fellow believers, you can, you know, start a book club or join a book club that was at your library with other people that don't know Jesus. So, you know, it, we're, we're taking a lot of our hobbies, a lot of our, you know, uh, recreations, our interest, and we're doing it now with the community. And so we're going to be weekly spending significant time with lost people, both as in the broader community, maybe with events or maybe with regularly recurring hobbies and helping. And then also some personal, you know, connection time, like, hey, come over to our house and hang out at our pool or, you know, just have dinner with us you know, or something, you know, so we're, we're having various ways where we're developing relationships and it doesn't have to be something that is strange or awkward. It's something that we're like, yeah, this is kind of fun and what we do anyway for the summertime. And we'll also be doing some community investment projects. So this is some of the things that you've always wanted to see happen inside your communities. Instead of just teaming up only with other Christians also partner with some people out in the community because uh, because as we do good, like for instance, if you're going to build a house with house for um, Habitat for Humanity, you're not going to probably ever see the person that you're going to be building the house for. Right, right. But you're going to spend a lot of time building the house next to the other people on your team. And just because they're nice and good people that, you know, good hearted people that want to help build a house doesn't mean that they know Jesus. And it gives you an opportunity to spend a lot, a lot of time around those people and develop relationships with them. Yeah, just a quick shout out to one of the members of our community, Rick, who, I mean, he's sitting there looking in, at his stretch of road and he says, I want my road to be clean. And instead of getting his church group together and, and everything and saying, we're going to serve the community as a church group and then doing it for the community, he's actually saying, no, I'm going to get my my neighbors involved and we're going to all get together, clean it, and then do some various things, uh, fun things around it before and after. And so he's out there engaging the neighbors, knowing that by spending time with his neighbors cleaning the neighborhood, he'll have a much more lasting impact on lostness than if his church had come in and just done a nice thing that everybody went, oh, that's kind of nice, and then moved right on from it. So shout out to Rick. Good job, Rick. <laughs> hey, Rick. So, you know, guys, this is a this is going to be, like I said, a great shift because now one of the things I've always 
held kind of Christians back and really knowing how to be able to talk to people about Jesus is that we just don't have meaningful relationships or a lot of time in which we're around them. And so we'll finally get as whoever is really focused on doing this and being a part of their local team, they'll finally know what it feels like to have a lifestyle of really being able to hang out with lost people in a significant rate and time and get to know the same people over a summer. And, and also they'll get to know what it's that it's not so scary and it's not so compartmentalized from family or life's enjoyments. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep on thinking of, oh, making disciples means I have to leave my family at home and go out and do something uncomfortable and whatever. No, it's we can enjoy life with our family and also make disciples at the in the first place because you could take your family with you to the pool and to to picnics and to a lot of these different hobbies. Yeah, one of the greatest passages in the Bible on disciple making comes from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9, where it sits there and it talks about what how do you make a disciple of your child? It says, well, when you go, when you get up and when you lie down, when you go out and when you come home, you talk about these commands that God has given us. And so one of the best ways that we disciple our own children and even show them that it's important to engage the community. So live out the Great Commission is to include them in the activity saying, all right, you know, I could take Katura along with me. If I was, if I, if Katura and I were down in Texas with Rick, I'd sit there and say, all right, Katura, you got your bag. Let's see which one of us can get our bag stuffed the fullest. And, and, you know, Katura, my 10 year old would be like, all right, dad. And, and she would start going in it. We did it together. And then at the end, we can look and say, whose bag got stuffed the fullest. And it could be this whole game where we We've built relationships, had a good time, modeled Great Commission, Great Commandment living, and been able to engage our lost neighbors too. Isn't that cool? You know, I also just want to give this, what before we move on to the next habit, this really great example. So a team out of Texas wants to do this, and I'm just really excited about the idea. It's a They call it the man versus meat club. And so, you know, Texans, you know, they're big on their barbecue. And so, uh, and especially the men are big on knowing how to barbecue and learning how to barbecue. So uh, basically their idea is that every other week they're going to get together with men in the community and be able to, to learn how to cook barbecue in a new way. And uh, that this is not, again, not something that they alone are going to teach. They're going to, you know, have other men in the community teach and, and be a part of this as well. But can you imagine every other week being able to get together and celebrate, you know, doing something really fun, but then use that to develop relationships with the men around them and their families because who's going to eat the barbecue? So why not the families? And so now it's a really community building thing. Yeah. Think about a great way that you can build relationships with your son and your daughter by passing on how you make the brisket, how you stoke the fire and all of those kind of things, making the fixings that go with it. Well, then you got to bring everybody together. It's a natural outside thing. So you're going to throw a Frisbee. You're going to throw that Nerf football. You're going to play some games of cornhole. And now you've just stretched it out into this amazing time of engaging your lost friends and and family, engaging your, you know, your believers being involved in it, your kids getting to see it and see the life. And they realize that living as a Christian doesn't have to be this just going into the four walls of a church and then coming home on Sunday. It's now a part of our lifestyle and we're doing it all of the time. And it's not done only within our Christian communities could be Mm -hmm. lived out loud 
amongst others in our community. So that's number one. And the number two is we're going to be shifting to do more life and mission with other believers. So in other words, we're going to be spend time outside of the four walls of the church, actually doing life and mission together. So, you know, something that the pandemic has really showed us is even more deeply is that how we have been spending time with one another as Christians has not been very deep. We hmm. we literally spend time in the same, occupying the same room together, uh, you know, but we really aren't getting to know one another. We really aren't doing life together. And so, you know, this gets, so what we're going to be, I'm going to be calling on people to do is that those who sign up to this, who want to say, hey, I want to be a part of a local team who's engaging this way, to be to spending once a week, spending a significant amount of time in a in a get together, in which they would of course talk about what they're doing with their engagements and praying over them and talking about how can we have better conversations, but also having the entire families together to where they can have some fellowship along with it and have this extended time, maybe even have a meal or something if that works for. For the people, of course, I would suggest it being on Sundays because, you know, you don't have to worry about work schedules and people running in or running out and everything. The idea is you want to relax and do life together Hmm. for for the summertime and not only in these meetings, but also in what you're doing to engage. So if you're going to join that softball team, you can ask maybe one or two other people from your your team that are Christians to join with you. And so now you and one other Christian, you know, who's on mission with you are out there to develop relationships with lost people with the softball team and so on and so forth that they that whether it's community projects or something that you're pairing up and by twos or threes or something and going out there and doing this together and so now we're not just checking a box coming in doing a service and leaving we're really taking the time to actually do the things together and also do some life together and that's going to really change things. I want I want you to imagine, you know, I I I grew up going to camp. I loved it, you know, and I would still, as an adult, go and help out at camps and everything. And the, and the thing that I loved about it is, for a week, I got to do life with other people uh, in, in that were in my church and things like that. And I remember, and always remember, really hating to leave camp. Because I'm like, we're just so connected. And why can't we be this connected and in throughout life? Well, this is a great opportunity to be able to make that shift Mm -hmm. to where now we are doing life so much more together. Yeah, one of the things that that I've learned along the way from studying communities that had, you know, people that had deep community was that community is a fruit, not Mm -hmm. a focus. And so a community, if you focus on developing community, you really won't necessarily get good community. But if you focus on doing the things that result in community, Mm -hmm. then good community emerges. So in this regards, we know that pursuing a common mission together Mm – unites people and develops community like no one before. And so being on this summer missions 
you know, journey with other believers doing the fun things and then coming back and reflecting on it, sharing stories, learning, moving forward. It creates the rhythms that result in community. And so if you've ever been going to your church and you think, these are real nice people, but man, I really don't hang out with any of them outside of, of the Sunday morning service. I don't see them in my life or anything like that. And you you hunger for a deep community like what Rebecca's talking about, then the Summer Missioners Project is one where you can begin to lean in and develop that community with people because you're pursuing a common mission. And the community you develop this summer can propel you through and and be a foundation you build on for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in Acts, it talks about how the believers were daily together, breaking Mm -hmm. bread and everything. And, And we've just lost that daily interaction. And so it's our opportunity to come back to that frequent, you know, interaction with other believers. So shift in how we, you know, do recreation to be more out with the lost, a shift in how we spend our time, more significant doing life together with, uh, with believers. And then finally, a shift to celebrate helping the community and making disciples in church. Hmm. So this, it connects the church community more with the Great Commission. Right. So very specifically, what habit am I talking about? I'm saying, so one of the things about our summer uh, DMC initiative that we're, we're putting a challenge out there for eight weeks that at least for 10 minutes every Sunday morning service, that there'll be 10 minutes out of the worship service sectioned out to tell stories about what God is doing and then directing the or, and leading the church to pray for the next step. So imagine, you know, people just saying a great worship song and then up comes somebody from the team and says, I want to be able to share with you a story about an opportunity that God has given us this past week. Be able to tell the story about what happened and then saying, you know, praise God for this opportunity. Pray, Let's pray right now. That God would allow us and you so whatever the next step is, you know, to have a meaningful conversation this next week or to or to, uh, you know, to have a spiritual conversation this next week or that God would work on the hearts of, of this person and their family and then lead the, the, the church in prayer. Uh, for, you know, 30 seconds to a minute on that particular far, fa- factor. And then say, thank you so much. Let's continue to praise God for what he, how he's been answering our prayers. And boom, next prayers, next mm-hmm. worship song to be able to go up. That can completely change a church culture. That's right. Because no longer are we just focusing on the Great Commission and on things, uh, you know, like good works and stuff like that on special focus Sundays. Now it's, it's something that we're doing, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. And people are asking, I wonder what ever happened to that person, you know, and 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 they're they're leaning forward and they're praying for the right things and celebrating the right things. And that starts shifting culture. It's interesting about when we talk about building it into the worship service. One of the comments we have about American culture these days is that worship is empty. It's vapid. Mm. It has no meaning. And a lot of the reason people say, well, that the, the singer is just not good or because it's easier mm. to blame the band. It's yeah. it, to blame the kind of songs we sing and those kind of things. It is to blame us. But in reality, um, 
worship is empty because we are. We mm. keep coming to the altar with no fruit of obedience to leave there to give to our king. You know, I was just reading parts of Psalm 119 together, and it says, May the free will offering of my lips in obedience to your commands be offered in front of you. And what we're doing when we go out and we obey the Great Commission, we obey the Great Commandments with our family, and we come in to celebrate it for the church, our good works are going to spur on others as they see it, and they go, I can do that too. We are now personally offering our service of obedience on the altar, and the and God will meet us there because he's going, there is an altar. And so just in my mind, what, what happens? You, you have this, this, this gem of your obedience that you are now bringing into mm-hmm. the front of the throne of God. And then you sit there and you lay it on the altar. And there's so many times as we read scripture in the Old Testament where like the angel of God would touch it with his staff or something like that. And all of a sudden it would burst into flames and the smoke would rise up into heaven and the angel was caught up in that smoke. So imagine that mentally, what what is happening here? We're walking into church. We're saying, I engaged the lost. I obeyed the great commission. I lived out the great commandment. I obeyed Deuteronomy 6 and I included my family with me. And I'm now telling the, the believers and they're celebrating it together and we lay it on the altar. And now all of a sudden our prayers are focused as a body. Our worship is now mm-hmm. focused to God and God looks and he goes, I am pleased. And he accepts that offering up into heaven. And that's just kind of spiritually what is happening in that moment and how we believe these kind of things can result in a revival of the church. Absolutely, because a revival is meaning a return of the believers to obedience. Right. And, and 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 right now we need to return to obedience to the Great Commission and Great Commandments. But you know, all the different parts of scripture in which there was a significant point of praise to God, it was always in response to something specific. Mm-hmm. So the Magnificat was because, you know, there was Mary celebrating that the fact that, you know, she, you know, that Jesus, she was pregnant with Jesus with Elizabeth, you know, the Miriam, when they were celebrating the Red Sea and how that it was, you know, God gave them deliverance in there. And over and over in scripture, the most powerful moments of worship was because they were specifically, you know, celebrating a recent answer to prayer that God did. And so how much more our praise services will be when we get to turn around to our church, say, remember the last time that we prayed for another opportunity to have a good conversation with this person? They said yes to to having a discovery Bible study with us. Yay! You know, and being able to praise and worship mm-hmm. God for that. Well, and even, even this, can you imagine that Sunday? When you get to stand in front of your church body and you say, you remember Drew and his wife, Mary, you remember how we met them at man versus meat and, uh, and we, we've done all that and you guys have been praying for them through casual, meaningful, spiritual discovery conversations. You've prayed with them through uh, the discovery Bible study. Well, this is Drew and Mary. Mm-hmm. And they've said yes to giving their lives to Jesus and they are here today to be baptized. Mm. and their whole family. Mm. Can you imagine you have brought your whole church on this journey of watching Drew and Mary learn about God? Mm. And now in front of the church, 
they're choosing to obey him in baptism and declare before everyone that they are no longer the same and they're going to give their lives to him. Imagine the worship that will come to the body of Christ in that moment as no one person says, I won Drew and Mary to the Lord, but your whole community says, we were part of seeing them come from being lost to being found. And you you make such a good point there, Paul, that now the church also through this will be able to, at large, will be able to see a clear picture of what it is to make disciples and be able to be inspired to say, I can do that. I can invite my neighbors over for bar- for barbecues. I can spend time with them. I can invite them to a discovery Bible study. You know, they're, they're able to see that this is something that I can do too. So after the summertime, they're there could be a lot more people that are interested in learning how to be able to do this. So guys, you know, through these three simple shifts, shifting how we we spend our recreation times, uh, shifting how we spend our, our weekly life, shifting how we celebrate in our church services, you know, just these three simple shifts, we can see a culture change to where by the end, we, you know, we're gonna, we're not gonna want to return to life how it was beforehand. We want to continue on doing this way of living because we're more connected to both the body of Christ and those that need Him, as well as being able to see God work and therefore be more connected with Him and what He's trying to do as well. So if you would like to learn more about how to be able to do the DMC Summer Missions Initiative, just contact us here at CDM. Just email team at contagiousdisciplemaking.com. Not Contagious Discipleship, ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com. And not Contagious Discipleship Ministries, Contagious Disciple Making. <laughs> So team at contagiousdisciplemaking.com, message us and we'll be able to show with you, share with you how to be able to do this. But even if you can't do the full initiative, learning how to be able to do some of these simple habit shifts can really change yourself, your family, and the and the Christian culture around you this summer. And our and in our second half of this podcast, we're going to be talking about those who want to be able to gather a team and some tips and things like that for them. I'm Paul Watson. This is Rebecca Ewing, and you've been listening to the first part of the CDM podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. And as Rebecca was saying, we're going to be back after the break uh, for those of you who are part of our premium subscription in order to talk about the leadership checklist, the benefits of the DMC Summer Initiative, and various details around all of this. So I want to, if you're interested in becoming part of our premium supporters uh, in supporting this content, then uh, you can actually join us through our Patreon page by paying $5 a month. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks, or just click on the link in the description below. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. You can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com.